All right, what is up, all you good, beautiful, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation? It's your host, Bryce Paul, and we have a special announcement. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in, you will know that we have the Crypto 2020 Summit that we are hosting. Uh, this is going to be January 29th to January 31st. We got over 60 of the biggest, baddest speakers in crypto presenting on their projections for 2020, what their projects are going to be doing, all sorts of fun forecasts. It's going to really be amazing. And the best part of it all is it's free and it is online. So go ahead to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free ticket, and we hope to see you there. All right, what is up, all you good, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation? It is your hosts, Bryce and Pizza Mind, coming at you from San Diego, per usual, joined by some good friends in New Zealand. Is that correct, Dorian and Ben? (laughs) All right. Uh, this is uh, uh, Dorian Johannick and Ben Jordan, uh, the co-founders of a really, really cool platform uh, that is that we're going to dive really deep into. It's called Silo. And gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Pizza Mind, how are you doing, buddy? It's, it's been a while. I'm doing great. And I'm really excited that we have another episode of the Founder Series. You know, we've really been focused a lot on the Crypto 2020 Summit. And if you haven't signed up yet, you need to go check it out, Crypto2020Summit.com. Tickets are free right now. Definitely go. You don't want to miss it. But I'm really excited that we get to deviate a little bit from that path and get back into the Founder Series and talk about Silo, which is a platform for digital identity and privacy and communication. And uh, my favorite thing in the whole world, talking openly and truthfully without worries about censorship. So Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the catalyst for uh, founding this company. What is Silo and why did you guys found it? Yeah, I mean, a big piece of the, the founding driver for Silo for us was just seeing what was going on in the market around communications. Um, so um, my, my, myself, before getting into this, I was working quite a lot in the social media industry. So, you know, helping companies use the mainstream platforms like the Facebooks of the world to market to their target market. And through that exercise, got a lot of insight into the extent of the data capture and the analytic tactics that go behind these things. Um, Taking a good look at that and realizing, look, we've got amazing capabilities. Um, Why does it have to be structured um, in this way? You know, can't we have these capabilities without all the downsides um, with people being, you know, logged and flogged essentially um, as products instead of people, um, which was the real driving force behind diving into the space and starting to look into the various technologies that we could use to enable without exploiting um, to an extent, if if we put it in a real nutshell. And that sort of birthed that concept um, of, you know, communications in the right way. Um, And we've been on a journey of about half a decade now, and um, this is where we sit. That's amazing. How did you two meet? And like, what was the moment where you guys knew that you guys were like, yeah, we're going to be the perfect co-founders together? <laughs> well, this is, this is a bit of a unique thing, right? Yeah, we, we actually, um, we, we met at high school um, and then um, went off and did our own things and then um, both ended up back in New Zealand. Um, and that's when, um, when Silo was born. So we kind of, yeah, both um, realized that this was a big problem that we wanted to spend a lot of our lives solving and um, just, just got stuck in. 
And to be honest, I, I wouldn't have guessed when we were in high school together that we'd be working together or even in this industry. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it happens. And, and Silo is one of these companies, you know, as I was doing my research, it was a company before blockchain was a thing. And you guys realized that, hey, blockchain is the perfect solution to the problem that we're trying to solve. So let's kind of pivot and start building with crypto assets and stuff. Can you talk about what that transition period was like? And really, what was it about blockchain that enabled you to find, like, get this solution cured? Yeah, yeah sure. Cured. Yeah, so exactly right. I mean, Silo was first born as a um, as a confidential communication application, more targeted towards professionals. Um, so we used peer to peer technologies with an approach that took out the middleman or took out the cloud, um, and we we saw that as the um, the safest way for um, for any two people to communicate. Um, and that was positioned more towards um, you know online counselling and professional services. Um, you know use cases where the professional actually was mandated to provide confidentiality. Um, but then, then blockchain came along and blockchain enabled us to go right back to our roots, was to, um, which was to more solve the problems of um, being able to communicate like we do online, uh, offline, online. And that's where we went about um, using the blockchain to fully decentralise what it was that we were doing get rid of some of the centralized components that actually meant that Silo as an entity can um, distribute control over the network to all the people that use it as opposed to us in our office here kind of manning the ship. And that's the big difference between us and other mainstream messaging platforms. You know, it's not just about um, us providing the ability to communicate, but it's about the network being able to kind of self-sustain itself and that's where, um, yeah, that's where things like the blockchain are really important for incentivizing that network in the background. And a, a big piece to jump in there as well was on the commercialization side. So we launched our version one solution in early 2017. Um, and, you know, an issue we had with the peer-to-peer technologies was that it was amazing. It was completely distributed. Um, but things like both parties not being online at the same time um, were very, very hard to deal with. Um, so we ended up using some centralised services back in the early days in order to create those connections to provide an experience that could stack up for users um, to other mainstream products. Um, and that's another piece where we saw um, blockchain and some other decentralised technologies coming into play that would let us get rid of that centralised componentry altogether and still provide a solution that would stack up um, that the users could... Uh, viably consider using against these other centralized services. Um, so that's obviously a big challenge a lot of players in the space have. It's that space between, you know, the cool, the cool core technology and the actual usable product, which has commercial viability. And the decentralization in something like this is so critical because there's more civil unrest in the world right now and different uh, societies going through revolutions against their governments privacy and communications is more important than ever. It really is. And these movements are not necessarily isolated. People are seeing what's happening in other regions of the world and saying, you know, we're not going to tolerate this either. We're going to stand up and defend ourselves and, you know, protect our liberties or gain liberties for the first time for that matter. But there's governments that will, you know, subpoena data on rather uh, on individuals. And it's a big difference for companies like Silo to say, I won't supply this data or I can't supply this data. If you won't supply this data, you guys are in prison. 
If you say, I can't supply this data, we have no control over this network. There's nothing that anyone can do about it. And what you built goes on and lives on just like Bitcoin. So that's why it's super, super important to have something like this decentralized. So what does it really mean to have your own identity in a decentralized network? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really good point. Um, for, you know, that, that, and that's a massive area that we think is crucial to address. Um, we, we also take it, you know, if we go back to the roots of the development, something else we're seeing in that concept is that it, it goes well beyond that into almost every aspect of life as well. We're actually having quite a good discussion about this the other day. And for us, the core of it goes back to human authenticity as a concept. You know, we've got we've got these you know very severe cases of monitoring and government intervention and the risk to people for freedoms of speech. But when you kind of look at it in a whole industry segment, it branches out to nearly every aspect. If you think of 99.9% of the digital services we use these days um, are to some extent leaving a permanent digital trail of your identity, of your communications, what you say, what you do. Um, and if we follow that through to, you know, the nth degree in 5, 10, 20 years time, unless we change that concept of everything leaving a, a bread trail, um, it's, got, it's, got, it's already starting to impact how people interact online. You know, when you use a certain platform and you're talking with people, there used to be this concept of, hey, I post this to my public feed, the whole world sees it, I send a private message, this is just to my contact. We're now living in a world where a private message is no different from a public post from a technological perspective. Um, and it's going to start changing the way people interact online versus on offline. And with people interacting online almost more than they do offline these days, it ends up changing the way people actually communicate. Um, so from our point of view, we think it touches on every aspect from you know sensitive business communications to to areas where people need freedom of speech, right through to just how people engage through social media in general and how they communicate with their friends. You know, are they worried to express an opinion because that may get out someday. Um, and it actually starts influencing decision-making and creativity and, um, you know, a whole bunch of meta elements there that, that become essentially touching every form of communication. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, kind of diving a little bit deeper into the decentralized aspect of the of the platform is it built on ethereum or do you guys have your own blockchain and you know technologically how do you guys decentralize this stuff so you don't rely on a centralized web hosting service like amazon or icloud or whatever for, for your application yeah so um our token is um is an ethereum token um but our, we're actually built on sensnet um which is a, another blockchain um by um, centrality um, so that allows us to um, to facilitate the fully decentralized and incentivized network, um, but the value the value sits on Ethereum at this stage. When you guys first got your company started, what was the hardest thing about getting through the first year? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, where do we start with that one? Oh, getting <laughs> getting, getting something that works. <laughs> get, get, yeah, getting and also defining getting from zero that. to one. Yeah, 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 and um, and refining it down. And um, yeah. I think it's about focus. You know, the hardest part is when you start a company. You know, the world is your oyster. You can solve any problem that you want to solve, um, but the way to get clarity is to find out exactly what it is that you are focusing on, and that kind of 
that, that is the secret to unlocking everything because when you can describe what it is that you're doing in a succinct way and in a way that um, is compelling, then that's how you get other people invested in what it is that you're doing. Um, and you can do that by being enthusiastic and, you know, and, and fully getting in behind what it is that you're doing. But um, when people kind of, kind of can see that in you, then, you know, money flows easier and you can find the right people to work for you and um, you can find the right people to work with you um, mm. because they believe in what it is that you're doing as opposed to, you know, for the paycheck. Um, so once you have that clarity, everything becomes a lot easier. And who were your first people? Mm. Oh, sorry, what was that? Less haste, more speed. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Who were your guys' first hires? And, you know, was it something where it's like, hey, we don't really have a lot of money. We can't pay you, but we'll give you equity. Or like, what was the strategy around capturing the, the first big hires for you guys? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we were fortunate to, to raise a bit of capital initially, um, but we really focused on our kind of core developers. Um, but for us, it was about finding the right people. Um, you know, you, you got a lot of really, really smart people out there that are kind of, they want to come in, they want to have a defined job and build that out. We, we wanted people that were going to come in and, you know, be vested in the project that were going to help chart the direction of the project um, because that becomes very, very crucial to the early um, development stages, particularly in the tech stack. Um, so we, you know, we, we spent the time to find the right guys and it wasn't necessarily the guys with the, best skill set it was the guys with the best buy-in enthusiasm motivation and that their kind of head and souls in the right place um but obviously a skill set came along with that um i mean and, yeah. yeah and and for us it was very much about technical hires i mean neither of us are from um from technical backgrounds so i mean we don't code um so we need to find um the, the right kind of developers who um, could see both sides um and that can be difficult sometimes um finding um yeah yeah you know, developers who can see the business side of things, but can also start to mold something into um, something that solves the problem that we're, we're trying to chase down. Makes a lot of sense. And how big is the company now uh, in regards to how many people you guys have? Uh, we're, I think we just hit 24. Um, but in that, we're, we're very international. So I think we represent 12 different nationalities in that. Um, and some of the um, particularly languages and stuff we're dealing with now, it's been we've had to go abroad um, and really hunt um, for the right people um, through the right channels. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, this is probably a question I should have asked at the outset of the interview, but the name silo, it, it obviously reminds me of a, like a grain silo or a rocket silo, something that's supposed to keep things separated from other things. So what was the the uh, motivation for the name silo? Yeah. Um, it comes back down to that, um, that ownership thing. So um you have you have silos of information, which is kind of the problem with centralization in a way. Um, but what we've done is we've taken that one step further, such that you own your own data and you own your own identity. And when you unlock your access to this network, um, that is literally your data communicating with the network itself. Um, so in essence, everyone is their own node. Everyone is their own silo, and um, you are communicating with the world from that with everyone on equal terms. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a play on that. Um, and it's also a, a four-letter domain that we could get. <laughs> it sounds pretty smart to me. And it's a really easy name to remember. Really good choice. How do you guys differ in your management styles? You know, Do you both kind of run different aspects where you never really have to step on each other's toes? 
or what's the process of, you know, making a really hard decision that requires more than just one person's input? We definitely step on each other's toes from time to time. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a healthy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do manage very differently. Um, in terms of what we look after within the business, so um, I'm more, more product focused. Um, so I, I'm more managing the devs and, um, you know, general product direction. Um, and Dorian is, um, I mean, far more on the investment side and marketing side, more the business strategy. Um, and um, I mean, I definitely think we, we do have different management styles, don't we? I mean, I, I, I like to manage by letting people know where it is that we're all heading um, and then kind of hoping that, you know, they buy into that and, you know, that's how I find that I get the most out of people. I mean, how, how would you say you manage? Yeah, and I, I probably, looking at it from that perspective, I probably get a bit more hands-on. You know, I, I like to dive in and get a bit more side-by-side um, -side and, work on the actual produced output um, with our guys and kind of the business and the marketing side a bit more, um, you know, sometimes to, to my own detriment where I should be not necessarily allocating my time so much in the nuts and bolts, but it, yeah, it, it kind of gets me going and I like to help the, the team produce the individual results um, that they're working on as well. Um, so and I think, I think it works in a balance because we also kind of occasionally overlap in each other's areas. Um, so it's a good contrast. Um, from the side. Yeah. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called CopyTrader by eToro. With CopyTrader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. Ben, what would you say is one of the traits of Dorian that you really admire and hope to kind of reflect? And then Dorian, same question for you. Uh, what's something that you really admire about Ben? So I, I, I really admire um, Dorian's, um, what's the word? It's not tenacity, but it's um, always pressing forward you know it's not there's never a you know where we're, we're sitting down now and you know things are content it's always what is the next step what is the next step and and I think you really need that push within a business especially like ours where you literally have to push forward all the time otherwise you just get left behind um so I mean we always have um we have hey guys TiVo here to tell you about the UFI video lock a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging 
It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months, but don't worry when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy video lock is 24 seven. So you don't have to worry about any issues you have. And it comes with an 18 month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a tough conversation sometimes um, as a result of that, which um, which is healthy because it, it keeps pushing the product forward. You know, why why hasn't this happened or can this happen faster? Um, and I think, yeah, I think that works really well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think the key thing that jumps out um, for me with Ben is his, um, I guess you call it intelligent reservation. You know, you, we can sit in a two hour long meeting um, with some intense conversation with, you know, with developers and stakeholders. Um, and Ben can say, you know, he can digest the entire conversation at the end of it. He can just say yes or and give an answer and keep charting and keep, keep getting everything rolling. Um, he has a really unique way to bring out and enable people to pull out their potential themselves. You know, there's a lot of situations where he could, he could jump in and drive the conversation or send it in the direction he knows it needs to go, but he'll coerce it towards the end result with minimal effort or input to actually really activate um, the staff and the team and the people to get the result they need um, without telling people what to do or where to go, um, which, is, which is a real, real, real skill. As you mentioned, you guys are always pushing forward, but is there any uh, key performance indicators or ways that you guys measure success to know that you're going in the right direction? We've got a few. Yeah, there, there are a bunch. I mean, um, it's really easy to get um, to get locked up with vanity metrics, um, which is which is an indicator of success with us as well. You know, you know, sheer user numbers and um, you know how how often people are opening our product. Um, but there's also um, realization with us that because we are, you know, in such a such a technical space where a lot of these problems haven't been solved before, 
um, a lot of a lot of the key milestones for success are things that are more hey now now we can do this as opposed to um, as opposed to other people seeing that we we are doing things. Um, so we'll have um, we'll have pretty strict um, product roadmaps um, from a technical point of view that we we know we need to hit. Um, but then, of course, we are also pushing very hard on the user acquisition side. So, you know, they have to go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. And also, we've obviously got our um, management and funding objectives that tie into everything in terms of what we're targeting. Um, so we, we kind of make sure we keep a range of targets that can also be pinned to certain um, tasks that can be built down through the organization in different areas. Um, we've also got slightly different deliverables that um, are pinned to kind of different areas of operation from marketing, from management executive, um, from the product, because often cases though you can have the one meta goal, I think it is important to have kind of granular targets within each of those respective areas. You know, what would you say would be the number one most fundamentally critical aspect of a successful startup? You need money. <laughs> you know, I mean... I like that. It's true. That's <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very important that you stay, you, you can pay the bills. So um, that is critical. You know, you have to, you have to be on top of that. But um, again, th- th- that comes back to... Um, what it is that you're focusing on and how you can articulate that. Um, because, I mean, I think I mentioned it before, but if, if you have a vision that um, people can buy into, then, yeah, that helps. That helps with that side of things as well. Um, especially when you're in a, in a space like we're in, where, um, where a, lot of the, a lot of the funding comes from funding as opposed to um, revenue, especially in the, you know, in the initial phase. Um, a lot of it is about that bigger vision and getting people to buy into what it is that you are doing. Um, so yeah, I think I think money, but that flows from the vision. And I, I completely agree with that, you know, because when when the squeeze comes on on that side, it's very very easy for that to impact and come in and put pressure on what you're actually doing. You know, particularly with a startup, you know, you you never get it right the very first time. You need that breathing room if you're actually going to build and deliver on what you intend to deliver on, and that gives you the flexibility and the runway and the right mental space be able to actually build that out and not compromise and truly deliver something that's going to be valuable and what you originally intended to. And that's, that is quite a crucial thing, particularly if you get really, really skilled sort of developers and team members on board with your project as well. You know, a lot of the time they buy in for what you're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely not for the paycheck. Um, uh, it's, you know, and deviations from your core mission and what you signed up for um, can be can severely kind of impact morale and people's motivation in areas. So some key decisions, um, and that will obviously stems from your resource capability and your ability to deliver on these things. So I think it impacts some areas. When I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial incumbents, people think that they might want to start their own business and leave the workforce there's usually one or two different schools of thought. Either they want to chase their dream or they want to solve a problem. Which do you think is the best core foundation to starting a successful business and why? 
I think if it's chasing your dream, um, you'll see I've got a few grey hairs coming through already. <laughs> um, they need to be prepared for that. Um, definitely, definitely. So it's not a leave your job and have a supplementary income. Um, it's a fundamental change in lifestyle and reason for getting up in the morning. Um, no, you, you, you really got to be ready for that, um, for sure, on that side of things. And, and I think to get that kind of motivation internally, you need to be chasing your dream. Um, but quite often I find that chasing the dream, you are, you are solving a problem. <laughs> um, so um, a, dream's, a dream's more, um, you know, self-motivating, um, but you need the problem to be able to fulfill on that. And it, it's about giving yourself a purpose, you know. Um, and you need a big problem to solve so that you have purpose in an ongoing way. Um, and that's what I, I really enjoy about it. I love it. And what, what would you say like really excites you most about the blockchain and the crypto industry in the future? Like j- just broadly speaking about 2020, are there any trends you see unfolding that excite you? Any technology that's coming out that, that are particularly like really stoking your gears? Um, generally, I think... The, the most exciting thing for me is that um, the you know the, the hype's now faded out, but the technology is starting to come through such that all of the stories that were told you know in 20, 2017, 2018 could actually become a thing. Um, and that 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 really excites me. You know, we're we are on on the edge of you know another however long of development, and we'll actually be able to have these um, fully decentralized organisations, and we'll actually be able to. Um, to, to realise the efficiencies that the blockchain can can kind of provide. Um, and also what's what's even better is that the products are now getting to the stage where consumers can actually adopt them and they don't necessarily have to realise that they are blockchain, <laughs> um, but all of the benefits can flow down to the users. And I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to a point in time where um, uh, a, a decentralized company is gonna is gonna break out and is gonna challenge one of the decentralized ones, and that's what really excites me. We haven't had that yet, um, but we're getting closer and closer to technically that being a possibility, um, and that for me is what really gets me gets me going. Right, I want to see a breakout company actually change something, <laughs> um, and I think that's yeah, that's just around the corner. Yeah, um, shit's about to get real. <laughs> you know, we, we've had the hype, we've had the crash. Um, this what what's being developed here is the the wave of a reinvention of the in, in, entire financial system, the entire communications architecture system, um, and we're going to see products start coming out in this coming year that are going to be adoptable. We're going to start seeing people getting into these things, and um, we're going to start seeing the reality of how and when this stuff is going to come in and start fundamentally changing the landscape. Yeah, we completely agree. And I feel like anyone can go out there and create a product. We've seen so many come and go. No one ever knew them. But it takes something special to create a movement. What's something special that helps you guys create a movement behind what you're doing? Um, For us, well, for me personally, um, I I think it's about um, telling a story that people can relate to. and the, the big problem that we've solved for a, for a long time was the problem of um, was the problem of privacy. Um, but what we came to realise is that um, privacy is not something that overly excites a lot of people. Um, 
you know, all of the all of the words associated with privacy are, you know, they all have negative connotations. You know, it's like confinement or um, you know solitude, or you, they're not they're not um, liberating kind of words. Um, but when you start talking about um, the benefits that privacy or um, ownership of your data can actually provide, it, it changes the ball game, and you get to, you start to have that conversation around um, around a movement. Um, and that that's that I think is is the most important thing. Um, and for us, for us, our movement is um, is to enable us to have the same liberties that we have off, online, offline. Um, and we've had some really interesting discussions with our marketing team, um, especially lately, um, which kind of hints at the fact that if we don't do this, if, if something like this doesn't happen, then what's the butterfly effect of that going going down down the road, you know? Uh, oh, I like that. It's like, yeah, imagine a future where we don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good marketing angle. Yeah, and, and the thing that the thing that doesn't exist um, is um, is to a point colour and wonder and humanity in the future. Because the things that make us human are the ability to make mistakes, to be flawed, to have imperfections. But the way that we've built technology online, if you make a mistake, that's going to be with you forever. Or if you say the wrong thing to the right person, the wrong person might hear it. Um, and you get rid of the ability for communities to self-regulate themselves. You know, when, when, you're, um, when you're talking with your friends, um, you can push the boat out. You can be a bit dodgy. Um, and, you know, if you go too far, your mate's going to go, oh, come on, man. And that's how, that's how you kind of self-regulate. Um, we don't have that online. Um, so what that means as our communication transitions online is that people won't take risks. People won't push the boat out. And, and people will become drones, you know. It's, we're all, They'll self-censor themselves. We're all tending towards one kind of acceptable way of being as opposed to this colourful way of being human. Um, so we're, we're trying to keep the world colourful and keep the world human as opposed to let technology stifle everything that is human about us. Um, and one, one, um, we think that's a movement. We, that, that excites us and that's why we come to work. You guys sound like some awesome drinking buddies. If I'm ever in New Zealand, <laughs> we're definitely going out. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, we have just a few more questions we want to ask. And this is just about crypto in general um, from all the way across the world. Who's one person that you guys really keep your eye on in the crypto space who's doing things that you really admire? Big one. Well, for, for me, it's, it's Pomp. You know, I just love the fact that he's always in everyone's face and he's always pushing the agenda and I love his, um, his, his energy towards it. I think you need people like that, especially within a new industry. And the fact that he is, um, you know, he's... he's he is a voice um, for for Bitcoin, um, and by default, you know the whole decentralized movement. I think is um yeah is I mean I respect that. I I, I agree. He's 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 got a sense of construct constructive positivity. He he really believes and understands that minus the ups and downs and the hiccups that we're going to go through, um, he understands that the core of the financial system. Um, is going to be changed through cryptocurrencies and digital assets and this, this technology. And he kind of charts the course, you know, for the enablement of that. Um, you know, there are a few other loudspeakers similar to him. You know, obviously he's not an entrepreneur building technologies, um, but I think kind of the way and how he goes about it does enable a whole range of innovation and enthusiasm and entrepreneurship around um, these technologies. 
um, in such a way that he's also bringing that understanding and he connects the dots between the mainstream um, and the, the hard cause in a really, really good way that kind of connects those communities and enables those debates to occur in a very blunt or way. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a very positive element um, on, on that. Um, another one um, I quite like is, is Nichelle Shetty, the, the co-founder of Wazarex. Um, recently um, did with Binance, but um, I think a really key thing for this technology as well is opening up unbanked markets. And obviously, India is a massive population, huge levels of poverty. Um, these are really big driving force to sort of crack that nut open. You know, for a long time, there's been this cloud of, is it legal? Is it illegal in India? Um, we know actual decision was made, but, you know, they're pumping in and they're trying to open this up. But I think there's potential to activate a massive market there and create a lot of benefit. Um, and he's sort of acting as a, an evangelist and a loudspeaker in the right way. Um, you know, it's not a if the institution's way, it's a positive movement way, um, trying, trying to really activate this market. It's amazing. And besides the two gentlemen that you just mentioned, is there a certain like standout company uh, in this space that you think is having a tremendous impact? I mean, we're we're doing a lot of work with Centrality um, and we see a lot okay. of work going on behind the scenes there. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just really love the, the, way, the way they're kind of shaping what it is they're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean... That, that would be that would be the company that we're closest to that um, we we respect the most in the space. And um, yeah, I mean a lot of that comes from also insight into as, as you say what they're working on in the background. You know they're working on some pretty fundamental technologies um, that will start emerging during twenty twenty. Um, I think are going to have a big impact on the space. Um, so it's a big shout out to Aaron and the team there um, on that side. Um, yeah. Solid. And if in our last question that we like to ask everybody that comes on the show is just one word of wisdom uh, that you would give the crypto curious, somebody who hasn't necessarily bought their first crypto, somebody who's still maybe just learning about the space. What's what's one thing you'd want them to know? Are we talking to an entrepreneur or a buyer? <laughs> uh, let's talk about a buyer, a potential buyer. Um, figure out why it's important, not how it works. You know, we don't, we don't, we're using the internet, but you know, it doesn't even cross our brain how data is getting from A to B when we're clicking a few buttons. Um, and I think because there are so many technologists in this space, um, that, that is the that is the you know that is the chatter. Um, but that's not going to be the way it works in the future. You know, we're not even going to think about how it works. Um, but the, the 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 things that it affords us um, and the concepts behind us behind it, um, I think are really important, and they're the things that will get you excited. And in terms of buying, if, you, if you're talking about kind of coins and crypto and which ones to get into, um, I think you need to take a long-term perspective and just look, look, look for the, the companies and the projects that are building something real. Um, you know, the ones that you can actually see delivering, um, you know, getting adoption um, and building stuff that really is going to have an impact. Yep. I think that's a great word of, word of advice as well. Uh, look at users, right? Like look to see, do companies have hundreds of thousands of users and is there actual transactions happening on the blockchain and stuff like that? So guys, it was a true pleasure getting to know Silo and both you, Ben and Dorian. You guys have such unique stories and it was, it was a lot of fun. So thank you guys very much for coming on the show. We, we appreciate your time. Likewise, appreciate it. And, yeah. and where can people reach out to you if they want to ask any other questions or download your app? 
Yeah, so um, just honestly throw Silo, S-Y-L-O in your search engine. Um, you'll find all our properties. We've got a whole bunch of community channels um, and just reach out direct. We've got a really active um, community team. Um, so we'll, we'll get back to you straight away and we can um, start the conversation. Um, any, yeah, any opinions, feedback, positive, negative criticisms and anything we're doing, um, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to engage full stop. And make sure you check out the app. So um, we're live on the app stores, um, Silo, S-Y-L-O. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll be in touch. Cheers, guys. If you're still listening here at Crypt Nation, don't forget to sign up for the Crypto 2020 Summit. Go to Crypto2020Summit.com right now. It is still free. You can't miss this. See you there. Crypt Nation, just a friendly neighborhood reminder to go to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free conference pass to the online summit, Crypto 2020 Summit. We got 60 speakers who are giving their bold predictions for prices and bold predictions for uh, technological developments in this crazy crypto space so if you want to be the first to know the big news and you want to make sure that you're in touch and in tune go to crypto 2020 summit.com right now and register for free When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.